Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 27 of the Showbound Podcast presented by Axel Watches. I'm your host, Michael Raskin, once again, joined by Ethan Cardwell. Cards, what's going on, man? Uh, not too much, yo. I just realized last week was our half a year anniversary of the pod, I guess, eh? Yeah, that's wild, one, dude. Once that's- a week, 26. So that's crazy, actually. Uh, hasn't felt like that long, but we've been fortunate enough to have a bunch of great guests along the way. It made it a lot of fun, so we're looking to keep that rolling. But no, I'm just hanging out, man. There's not much to do. <laughs> I know we uh, <laughs> we kind of say the same thing every week, but uh, uh, family just got a sauna, though, so that's been pretty fun. Just going in there and stuff. Uh, yeah, get a little yeah. sweat out and a little workout in a sauna. Can't go wrong with that. How about you? Man, I've been just kind of gearing up for the school. I talked about it last week. I'm starting my MBA next week, and the professor emails me. He's like, for, for one of my courses, he's like, yeah, so do May 11th. The course opens May 6th. We have uh, this quiz. You got to read these four chapters. I'm like, all right, sure. I look at the chapters. This is a 280-page reading right off the bat, bro. First week of the class, like, welcome to the league, man. Just quick 280-pager. So I've been grinding reading um, a lot the last few days. That's up, That's what's up with me. But That's that's like equivalent to uh, your first show game, just getting ran over by Ryan Reeves. I mean, that, <laughs> yeah. that's, a, that's a welcome to the league kid moment. Like, dude, there's no way. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Well, right now, anyway, I'm not in the state of mind to be able to tackle something like that. That's impressive. Uh, so, I mean, I guess we better hurry this podcast up so you can get back to the books. <laughs> yeah, it's a tall task. Um, we got a great episode today. We got former teammate of Cardsy, Damien Giroux. He's playing for the Iowa Wild in the AHL. He's a Minnesota Wild prospect and former captain of the Saginaw Spirit. Great guy. Uh, I'd never met him, but I can just tell like he was a super nice, good guy right off the bat. And I've actually heard a lot of good things from him, and he's been mentioned a few times on the podcast. So it was good to have him on, and I'm excited to get that interview out there. And uh, um, we have a bit of stuff to talk about before we do get there. And one that I wanted to bring up, Cards, I told you I was going to tell this story. Um, just a funny memory came back to me from my short-lived junior hockey career. Um, so I was playing for the South Muskoka Shield last year, like, that was the team I was playing on. And I played the home opener for my old team, the Niagara Whalers. And then I got the job in Barrie. So I was like, can you trade me somewhere closer to Barrie? Like, I, I want to keep playing hockey, but I want to drive to Niagara for a game. So they're like, yeah. So they trade me there. And the in Niagara, everyone got free sticks. That was like the thing. So I just figured naturally, like on every team, you get free sticks. I didn't really know. Um, and it was my second game out there in South Muskoka. And as I'm skating off for warm-up, there's this like super cute little kid like fist bumping me on the way in the tunnel. And he's like, can I have your stick? And I'm like, yeah, of course. But me, my deal was like, I'm not playing or I don't practice and I don't play every game because I was busy with Barry. Like I was only playing on nights that Barry wasn't playing. So I didn't get a stick deal or anything, which is fair because I wasn't playing too many games. So I didn't want to give him my own sticks since I had to pay for my sticks. So I'm just like, yeah, everyone gets free sticks on team. So I just grab a stick off the rack. And it was the guy who got bumped out of the lineup for me who came in. Um, so I grabbed the stick and gave it to this kid. He's all fired up, whatever. I didn't think anything of it. And after the game, the scratch kid comes in, he's a Euro screaming at me for giving away his stick. And I'm like, who cares? Like you get a million free sticks. You're an import guy. He's like, no, like I had to pay $50 for that stick. Like all this stuff (laughs) freaking out. This guy goes to track down the kid in the parking lot after the game cards to try to find the stick. I'm like stopping him. Like, and he was, he hated me, this guy for taking his spot in the lineup when I wouldn't even like practice. Anyway, I had to buy him a new stick. I had to buy the kid a stick. So that's a um, tough balance, man. Actually, 
that that's jokes i mean you wouldn't think anything of it though like why not and actually this kind of reminds me too in i was in sweden and um i always like normally i'd have i have three sticks on the bench like i'll have the one i'm using and two backups there in case like one feels faulty or one gets weak or i don't like it or something or sometimes i get superstition and i'm like you know what like this one isn't working i'm gonna switch and they normally have like different tape jobs or something so I go, it's like the end of the game or something. No, it might've been in between periods. And there was this little kid like hanging out behind the thing. And there wasn't a lot of people because of COVID in the rink. And and then I see all of a sudden after like mid game, I see some kid walking around the crowd with my stick in his hands. I'm like, I look up, I'm like, that's my stick. And then I look at the tape job. I go, no, that's definitely my stick. What, why does this kid have my stick? And sure enough, like apparently like, I guess he just went down, grabbed my stick and stole it. But I'm like, whatever, like, he's happy. He's got a new stick because we're fortunate enough to get them. But like, I'm like, why is this kid running around with my twig right now? I'm supposed to be using that. And uh, here he is in the crowd playing road hockey with it. <laughs> That's funny. And that, that takes away the, like, the fun of giving the kid the stick too. He probably didn't even know it was yours. <laughs> he just yeah, no. Well, no, he definitely did because um, all the guys on the team, they would get all free Bauer sticks, but their names wouldn't be on them, some of them. But my names are all on my sticks, so oh, it's yeah. like Cardwell. So he's probably like, oh, North American, I'll take that stick. And just gets out of there with it. I was laughing. That was pretty funny afterwards. That is funny. The guy just steals your stick off the bench. <laughs> like, yeah. That's a good one. Um, <laughs> we uh, we got a bit of OHL news. So, well, I guess it's not affiliated with the OHL, but some OHL type news where it's come out that a group of OHL players are going to be running their own showcase tournament for the guys who didn't get to play and get a chance to show themselves to scouts down in Erie, Pennsylvania. So I don't know too much of the details cards. Has anyone reached out to you or anything, you know, you can share with us? Yeah. I mean, I've talked to a bunch of guys about it and they've been asking uh, what my plans are and just kind of informing me on the tournament and stuff. And it's going to be a 14, 13 day tournament and uh, they'll be there staying in a hotel in Erie um, playing games uh trying to make it as official as they can they'll have a ccm vendor there i believe to get equipment unfortunately the players will have to pay a little bit though because it's not affiliated with the chl so they can't be just doing out free free twigs and gear and stuff but um no it sounds like a great idea great initiative by the guys to to go ahead and do this for uh for the players who haven't played and i really just hope they can figure it out for the canadian guys i mean it, they will have to soak a 14 day quarantine when they come home, regardless. Like that's just the way it is with COVID and everything. But um, no, it, it looks like a, a great thing and it sounds like a great idea. So from me, like, I hope, I hope it goes well and I hope they can pull it off. Yeah. I was going to say, are a lot of the Canadian guys discouraged from going there just because they have to quarantine on the way back? I don't know, man. Like I haven't talked to a ton of guys, but I, I know a few guys that are going and uh, they've said like, yeah, like we're just like in, but I mean, it, it'll cost a little bit of money to go down and everything. But yeah, the 14 day is definitely going to be a tough one on the way home. I know there is a, a donation link. I'm just going to pull it up for the people who do want to uh, donate. Because I, I actually think this is an amazing project, an amazing idea. So mm-hmm. for the people who would like to donate, there is going to be a, a website coming. Actually, it's not up yet. So I guess keep an eye. We'll, we'll give it a repost and a retweet on our social media. Um, so just keep an eye. Good place to donate and, and support it. So, yeah, excited uh, to see how that goes. Hopefully they're, uh, 
there's no issues. I mean, it, it, I'm, I'm excited for that opportunity, but uh, we can send it over the interview. But before we do, I just want to ask you, Cardi, you got Bush? Right now, no, no, I don't. Okay, well, you definitely <laughs> thanks, do. Thanks to Manscaped. Thanks, well, man. You definitely do if you haven't tried the best products from our sponsor, Manscaped. After using these life-changing products, you're going to want to join a ball sack beauty contest. I'm looking out for you too, because I also have an exclusive 20% off discount code and that's showbound. And you can use it at manscaped.com. Manscaped is dedicated to help you level up your full body grooming game with their perfect package 3.0 kit. The perfect package 3.0 kit comes with the essential lawnmower 3.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine. This is the best trimmer to help you trim up the hedges. This trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When you trim the hedges, the tree stands taller. Inside the perfect package, you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, making sure your balls are smelling majestic before your Tinder date. You'll also find the Crop Reviver Ball Toner, a spray-on testy toner that's designed to make your balls smell irresistible. Be sure to add the refined cologne to your arsenal. And with a perfect package or performance package purchase, you get two free gifts, the shed travel bag, $39 value, and the patented high performance reduced chafing Manscaped boxers. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code showbound at manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for your bush trimming experience. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code showbound at manscaped.com. It's 2021 and you still got bush. Change that with Manscaped. What a read that was. That was yeah. uh, Cards, funny that enough, actually, one of, one of my buddies was saying he used the showbound code at Manscaped. He, he did get the perfect package kit, which we also got. And he was saying he used the, the crop preserver ball deodorant and the, the spray one. And he was going on about how he was like, I never knew dry balls was a thing until I tried this and now I can't go back. So that was, <laughs> that was funny. I mean, if anyone has dry balls, you might not even know. So check out Manscaped. Use a good show about And I guess with that being said, we can send it over to Damien Giroux. All right. And welcome to the pod, G. Uh, super happy to have you. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. So um, for the listeners who, who don't know, G's in the American Hockey League right now with the Iowa Wild and um, having a great season as a rookie. And uh, as we talked about in our last few episodes with uh, Ryan O'Rourke a few weeks ago there, He's an absolute animal. He likes to dig deep out there. He's, he's willing to do anything it takes to win. So tell us a little bit about how the year's going in right now. I know we're going to get into it more in depth later, but just a quick overview. Uh, no, yeah, it's been a, a much different season, I guess, with uh, all the COVID protocols, obviously. But uh, it's just been great to be able to kind of, you know, play hockey again and kind of get back into that, that normal normal routine. And uh, been really enjoying it out here so far. And uh here we only have what five five or so games left so um you know it's been a great season thus far yeah and we were talking to Rorky a bit about it too and uh you guys have some fans in the building and COVID's kind of a little bit like taken less seriously I guess you could say but uh a lot of more vaccines and whatnot going around there so you guys actually had your uh little rookie party last night so how was that for you no it was fun yeah it was, didn't really do much we just kind of got all together you know all the guys didn't really do much, just uh, had a couple of drinks. It was fun to, to kind of just hang out. Yeah, absolutely. And then, I mean, sounds like you guys are doing well and you're obviously putting up numbers and you've been on fire kind of as of late. You kind of took off throughout the season. So it's been all good there. I mean, Rask, you want to kind of send it over to minor hockey here now? Yeah, we'll kind of come back and catch back up with the AHL as we go, but we'll walk walk the listeners through your career a bit. And uh, 
I just want to bring it back to minor hockey. You grew up in Sudbury. And just a question I had, um, a lot of these Northern guys that we've had on the podcast and some that we haven't, but you just hear, you know, they move to the GTA. Uh, they want to play in the GTHL, that minor midget season, stuff like that. Obviously you stayed in Sudbury, but was that ever a thought that crossed your mind maybe to get some more exposure? Oh, for sure. For sure. Especially, um, you know, that, that leading up to my minor midget year, uh, we didn't really have a league uh, to be able to play in uh, my draft year to go into the OHL. So it was kind of tough. There's uh, my parents always kind of brought it up. Uh, maybe wanting to move down there to get more exposure, like you said. But uh, we were fortunate enough to uh, be able to kind of amalgamate a minor midget team into that um, major midget uh, division, the GNML up here. So it was uh, pretty fortunate uh, to be able to stick around. If I were to go back and do it again, I don't think I'd change a thing. I really enjoyed staying at home. I'm uh, pretty close to my friends and family. So uh, just that time at home, I I really appreciated it, I guess. Yeah. And how do you find that minor midget season before we get into the OHL draft? It was tough, actually, just because uh, I grew up playing for the Nickel City Suns, and then uh, I guess another team uh, up north was the Sudbury Wolves, and we ended up amalgamating that minor midget year. So it was uh, kind of tough playing, you know, with players that you grew up playing against. But uh, it was uh, we it was a lot of fun. We uh, we got to uh, you know you get to meet new people, so we all pretty much enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. And then you end up being drafted by Saginaw in the third round of the OHL draft. So, I mean, as a Northern Ontario guy, like you get drafted to an American team. What was, what was that kind of uh, thought process after that? Were you excited? Were you confused? Like you didn't know what to expect, but how'd that go for you? <laughs> yeah, actually, I, uh, I, Saginaw was one of the last teams I expected to, to kind of draft me, to be honest with you. It was kind of like in the back portion of my, my, my thoughts. And uh, I was really hoping that, you know, Sudbury or team kind of from the Northern Ontario were going to, were going to draft me. So um I was kind of not necessarily disappointed when I saw saw my name go up, but I was, you know, kind of, you know, it, it it wasn't what I expected, I guess you could say. So, but uh, going to Saginaw, meeting Drinkle, you know, Laz, all the coaching staff, management over there, the ownership, they're they're, you know, second to none out there. So it's been a it was a treat to be able to play in that organization, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. And I mean, so. Rask, like, I don't know if you know, like, you probably do. I mean, you were around the OHL for a while and stuff, too, though. Like, Saginaw was not very good, like, and, and they were, like, bottom of the league, like, terrible, kind of, like, the organization kind of got spat on a little bit by by the rest of, like, the league and stuff. And, I mean, when G kind of – G's group was kind of, like, the group that kind of turned it around there, and, like, you were obviously a big part of it, G. So, kind of, what was your first season? Like, I know you guys were still not very good at all. So, what uh, what was that year like for you? I think I thought we had a pretty good team on paper, to be honest with you. We had uh, we had some, a lot of older guys like uh, you know Mike Davies, Jesse Barwell, Chris Bennett, uh, Hayden Hodgson, um, Keaton Middleton, who's actually played you know a couple games in the show already this year. So uh, we had a really good team on paper. Evan Cormier in that too. So, uh, but you know, especially at that time in 2016, the West was just absolutely stacked. So we uh, didn't uh, have a hot start, I guess, and we just kind of got spat on uh for most of that season by uh some pretty good teams like uh london uh i guess windsor even ended up winning another more cup that year so uh it, it was tough but uh the next couple of years i guess uh, the team the organization did a great job of just turning it around and we we're able to kind of you know build uh, some better teams and we actually were able to make a run at it so it was uh, a big swing big turnaround i guess yeah, and for you in that first year, what was your adjustment period like stepping into the OHL playing against bigger guys? Yeah, well, like you said, I guess, or like you were saying, I guess at the next level, everyone's bigger, stronger, faster, right? So it's uh, 
it's it's kind of tough. It's an adjustment at first, but we had great, uh, you know, had some pretty good teammates, good coaching staff to kind of helped me along the way. Guys like Keaton Middleton, you know, uh, Chris Bennett, who was just an absolute animal in the gym and on the ice. So I was kind of able to model kind of my game after him and kind of learn from him as much as possible. And uh, yeah, it helped a lot. Yeah. And the last thing here about your first year, how long did it take you to get your first talk? Uh, not as, uh, wasn't as quick as you. I think it took me eight games or so. That's not too bad though. Yeah, yeah it's not bad. Um, <laughs> I got, I got lucky just a quick shot and found the net somehow. I mean, yeah, quick, quick belly too. You know what you're going to. Yeah. Fired the boys up a bit. Sorry. Yeah. Cards. How many games in was your first O goal? I've, I've seen the video. My second period. No way. <laughs> yeah. His <laughs> yeah. eighth shift and not a big deal. Yeah. yeah that was actually a dirty first goal too but um, yeah, it was bad. uh i want to get into kind of your second year g your, your draft year and 43 points in 68 games and you got an a on your jersey as a as a second year guy so like did you do anything different that offseason heading in to kind of prepare for your draft year uh I, yeah i kind of was i was really fortunate because we have a pretty good group back home in sudbury uh a summer like that run summer skates so we have like a group that is uh, I'm able to skate with uh, Nick Foligno, Marcus Foligno, uh, Tyler Bertuzzi. Um, for, for a while there, uh, Zach Stortini, who now coaches the Wolves, were, were, were skating as well, you know, Derek McKenzie. So all those older guys, I was able to kind of um, skate with them as much as possible, train with them off the ice as well. So it kind of uh, was able to kind of learn from them. And uh, I think it kind of just prepared me a little more for, for that second year, for sure. So as a guy who's not really, like, going to be a top pick, did you find yourself often checking the rankings, like getting getting all worked up about that sort of stuff throughout the draft year? To be honest with you, I didn't even like look at it much. I just kind of was in the back of my mind. I was just there to kind of play hockey and and uh, kind of do my job, have fun with it, enjoy the process. And, you know, whatever happened at the end of the day happened, I guess. So that was kind of my mentality. I was going to work as hard as I can and, and kind of let the cards fall where they did. Yeah, and then obviously draft day ended up going your way that year and, it was in Dallas, but I don't think you went, did you? No, no, not at all. I stayed. Uh, I, I wasn't. I wasn't too, too sure if I was going to get drafted or not, so I just kind of stayed home and didn't even watch the draft. I just kind of went golfing with uh, with my cu- couple cousins and, and just spent the day kind of with them, not really thinking about the draft too much. Okay, so you end up going fifth round to the Minnesota Wild, and then what's kind of what happens there? Where were you? Um, how'd you find out, and what was that moment like? Yeah, so I was actually I was uh, I just gone back to my aunt's place. It's like I'm I'm super close to my family, so we we're kind of all just watching. They were all watching the draft over at my aunt's and uncles down the street, and I uh, we were just going back from the course. So I uh, I'm kind of just walking to the garage. They're watching the draft. I they turn it off because they know I didn't really want to watch it. Uh, put too much pressure on myself, but uh, I ended up getting a phone call. I didn't really recognize the number. Uh, and uh, it turned out to be, I don't know if you know who Andrew Burnett is, but I think he, he was part of the Minnesota organization at the time. And uh, he actually lives down the street from me in the summer. He's from Hanmer, like my little small town. I grew up going to hockey school every single summer. Like I, I almost like idolized him, you know, like mm-hmm. small town, you know, hero basically. And uh, so he, he ends up calling me and he's the one who tells me, hey, we just drafted you in the fifth round. Like, congrats, enjoy the day. And just to be able to get that phone call from him just, you know, kind of made that moment a lot more special. Yeah, that's that's pretty sweet. And I mean, that's kind of like the first person we've had, Ras, that's kind of just been like, yeah, no, like I didn't watch the draft, didn't pay attention to it or anything. And, you know, obviously 
it went out, it turned out well. And now being in the system, everything's gone great. So you going into your first dev camp, what was that experience like after the draft, just uh, kind of getting in there and just being like, wow, like this is legit. I'm here now. Yeah, it was unreal. Uh, it's, you know, it's your dream to be able to, you know, put on that an NHL jersey one day. So to, to be able to kind of just step into that locker room and, and put on that practice jersey for the first time, you know, it's kind of just a, a surreal feeling and you kind of just take a moment to appreciate it. So I think that for me, just taking a minute to, to see where you're at and to see where all that hard work's kind of paid off, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty cool to see, so. That's unreal. And then I think you went to your second dev camp. Weren't you most improved like player from first to second dev camp? Yeah, so I, uh, I had, I was, wasn't really uh, able to participate very much on that first development camp just cause I had an injury. So, uh, during that second camp, I got to, to kind of participate more and, uh, I guess, uh, yeah, I ended up earning that uh, most improved, I guess, or something like that. Yeah. I remember seeing that the boys were all fired up for you and stuff. Um, yeah. But don't, uh, don't they give the most improved to the worst player? Yeah, I'll take it. That means I'm not the worst <laughs> player anymore, I guess. Yeah, hey, worst player getting contracts. So I mean, Rask, once you got the money, then uh, then we'll talk about it. No, for real, I can't. I can't be chirping. But I wanna, I wanna kind of move it over to the year after that. Like you head up into your third year in Saginaw. That was the big year where you guys went on the deep run, like you said, and um just big bulk up at the deadline. And just because cards alluded to it at the beginning, Saginaw from when you came in was kind of like more the lower end teams, I guess, in terms of, you know, fans, skill wise. And then that's the year that really turned it around from nothing to jam packed arenas. Everyone's talking about SAG. Like what was that season overall like for you as you kind of went about it? Yeah, it was, uh, I think so to, to start that, that third season, we, we didn't have the best record. I think like we had a pretty good team again on paper, but we, I think we were kind of underneath we were below 500 at that, at that moment, at the start of the season. So, uh, you know, on Tuesday night games, Wednesday night games against Flint, you know, there's absolutely no one at the Dow event center. Like cards, you can, yeah. it, it's dead in there. It's like playing. It's, it, it's honestly, it might be more dead than playing in like a COVID arena at this point. Uh, but by, uh, by the end of like the year, like as soon as like we started generating more more wins and, and you could see the energy turn and like as soon as we clinch a playoff spot, uh, you know, I guess we haven't really won even a, a playoff series at that point. So we hadn't done that in a while. So to, to see the fans kind of get super excited and rally behind us is uh it was a lot of fun. I think they even had a couple like like they, they were having like beers and stuff in the in the parking lot at some point. Like I think before games, like the fans were getting together, like having cookouts and stuff in the parking lot before games. Yeah, they'd have tailgates too, and like Rask, like to go along with this in SAG, they would sell like two dollar beers and like a dollar hot dogs. So these fans would just be crushing these two dollar beers and getting rowdy yeah. in the crowd. Yeah, like, that that's sick, man. I wish like they would do stuff like that over in the Canadian teams. Gee, you were named captain that season, so uh, can you talk about like how that went down and the the kind of the honor you had wearing the C? No, yeah, it was a it was a huge honor, and especially because we had you know so many good leaders on that team at that point. Uh, you know, like uh, like guys like like Brady Gilmore that had been there for four years. You know, like it was it was a huge honor just to kind of to to be able to for for my you know to see the coaches and like leadership group just have that faith in me. It was uh it, it was a big honor and I'm I'm it was it was a lot of fun. I think we had a, a good run and uh, to be able to come back that fourth year and and kind of lead that group as well. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, and actually, I got a funny story kind of. So in my draft year. G was in his second year in the O so my OHL draft year and I had a meeting with um 
with drinks. And um, I remember him telling me, he was always talking about G. He's like, this is the guy, like our whole franchise. Like I want everyone to be like, G works hard, great kid. Like, and he mentioned, he was like, yeah, he's going to be the captain of the team as soon as Middleton's gone. So I'm like, okay, like sweet. So then um, that year, sure enough, um, Midzy was uh, like made the A that year out of camp, which was unbelievable for him as a free agent. So then, then there was like a big announcement day where it's like, who's going to be the captain. And everyone was like wondering when Midzy had left. And I'm like, no, like it's G for sure. They had already, they've, they've had this set up for like three years now. So yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah. And Laz and drinks obviously had a lot of faith in you and it was a good pick, but at the time it was actually Smitty who named you captain. Wasn't it? I think it was. Yeah. Cause he was there for that first half of the year. Yeah. Yeah. It's Smitty for like the first 20 games. And that actually speaking, <laughs> I was, I was talking to Danny today and uh, we were kind of just talking about some stories maybe to bring up and stuff. And he was asking about the time when Smitty called you out and said, you couldn't win a face off to save your life. And you were up way over 50%. <laughs> yeah. So, Oh, it was to start the period, like to start the game off. And, uh, he wanted to set like a set play where like both wingers like go to their blue lines, like yell out for a pass and like somehow like I find the lane for a breakaway. And like I win the first draw, just miss the pass. That goes for an icing. Mm-hmm. So I anyways, but like I guess it shouldn't have been icing, so the draw came back to center ice. Lose that one. And then the, so but I guess like there's another face off center ice. Something happened. Anyways, third draw. I win that one clean. We just don't run the play. <laughs> Period's over. We're up to nothing. For some reason, he's mad. I don't know what, what we did, but he comes into the dressing room, starts ripping everybody like around the room. So he, he like, he says something to cost, like Jenkins had something like, anyways, comes up to me and he's like, what about you? Like can't win a draw. Like can't run a play. And he just like absolutely like tore me to pieces. And I just, I, I, I just didn't know what to say, I guess at that moment. So you're just, you're just sitting it. there like, what? What just happened? I, yeah, so I just kind of ate it. and Yeah, that was, that was the end of that. And then on the way out was kind of, might have been the funniest part for me. But <laughs> were, um, were you in the room for that? Yeah, but you just went around ripping on every single guy in the locker. <laughs> yeah. You're winning though. What's the issue? <laughs> no, it was so funny, bro. Like, oh, that was actually, that was classic. And then. But like moving on kind of with that year, because we went on such a, like a deep run. And like, I remember like I've all the guys that I've had on the pod that it were there that year and say, just talked about like how tight of a group we had. And like, that was, that was definitely true. And, and that's why we were so good. But for you, do you want to just talk about the run a little bit and how much it meant to you and just how cool it was to, to see all like the atmosphere and for yourself anyway, playing so good. No, yeah. I think uh, just to be able to see like that, like the process, I guess, from like being there from like, you know, my first day to having almost like no, absolutely no fans in the crowd to, uh, you know, selling out arenas for that game too. Like that, I don't, I've never seen the Dow, you know, that way, like that pack before. So it was uh, to be able to be there for that and see like the transition of like hockey kind of evolve in Saginaw is pretty, pretty, pretty special to see. And uh, yeah, just, I don't know. I've never even like, really played a playoff series either so going into that you know uh that fourth year or that third year sorry just we uh we ended up getting swept by the suit the year before so i didn't really have much experience and uh but to be able to bring in guys like like tippet and mcleod and and murray who you know have been through it all uh before really helped us out so 
yeah, it was it was sick and like I don't know, it was it was just a nasty year overall and and you were obviously a big part of it because I remember when we lost in Game Seven, um, and this was a weird one too because the Game Seven it was on like a Tuesday night or something, but the Dow was still buzzing. And what were we? We were down three three one G. They scored an empty netter or something. Yeah, they had, they had just tucked an empty netter. We were down three one. With like, like a minute yeah, yeah, a minute to go. So like everyone's yeah. funneling out, and I'm a healthy scratch. So I'm in the press box, and everyone's kind of like leaving the arena. And G ends up scoring, and, it, and then and then there's like 30 seconds left on the clock, and like everyone just I could see like it was actually crazy because like everyone rushed out of the building, and then you just see everyone sprinting back into their seats for the last 30 <laughs> seconds of the game, and obviously as everyone knows it didn't go our way, but still pretty cool that G made it interesting a bit for uh, for for the last 30, I guess. <laughs> what was uh just I feel like I brought this up a few times, but that whole. Th- incident i guess with ivan for the fans ivan prosper thought we talked about it when he shot the puck out of the glass got suspended what was that, like your point of view on that how did uh how like what was going through your head after that goes down and you hear there's a suspension coming so i, I was on the ice for this i'm pretty sure like we we're me and buzzy were at the ice like four checking and like they ended up kind of like clearing the puck down and i don't know the whistle goes off i'm not sure why and then I, all i hear is like a that the crowd go nuts no idea what's going on and i just see ivan losing his mind in the corner <laughs> arguing against the ref like i've yelling in russian i'm not i'm not too too sure what he was saying but yeah yeah and i get back to the bench and the next thing you know he, he got five minutes up on the board killing a five on three like uh it was a it was a tough circumstance and then to find out that he had, he had the five game suspension on top of that that was i think a, a pretty big dagger to the heart there for us no, that that was just a crazy situation. Um, but I, I want to kind of keep it moving towards your, your last year in the O, and then we'll we'll kind of talk about what's going on now with you. But that was a year you kind of really broke out offensively. You had 75 points in 61 games and proved yourself as, as like a dominant offensive force in the O. So how did you find that season? Was it just like a more ice time, more confidence, older guy type of thing? Is that what changed for you? Yeah, I think uh, just – kind of confidence is a is huge I think um especially early on um I think especially being able to come to uh to NHL camps and, and kind of be able to play in that Traverse City tournament before the season two kind of preps you for that season so um yeah I just felt kind of a lot more comfortable I guess you could say on the ice and um it, it wasn't just me I mean I played with a, you know some pretty great players uh, along the way like I think uh you know I was able to play on the line with you know Koski, Perfetti, like Buzz Decker, you know Hard Jenkins well. You know, like yeah, it's so crazy, of course. <laughs> you know, for the for the longest longest time it was you mean fats, eh? Yeah, we were firing for a bit and then I got demoted. So it was a tough, <laughs> tough go for me, but I, I lived it up while I could. Yeah, no, but yeah, like we, we just had so much depth up front that it didn't really matter who you played with. So we uh we just fortunate to be able to be on a on a on a pretty good team. Rask quickly, yeah. I just wanna add to the G was off to like a ridiculous start at the start of the season. He had like like a stupid amount of goals. Like he was over a goal per game for like the first 10 games, I think. But a funny story about this one was we're in the Sioux and um, he's like the most non cocky guy of all time. And uh, he scores a goal and it like, I think it like hit off somebody's skate or something. It it was like, you went off Rorky. It went off, it went off like someone's skate off Rorky's skate and then off his stick. And then it was like the cheapest goal I've ever seen. 
and G G goes to the huddle rask and this is like the eighth game of the season and and like I said G's not cocky at all like so humble he goes into the huddle he goes well I guess that's 10 10 he's talking about 10 on the year so just such a cocky move (laughs) we're playing sewer before the before that game and Caddick is just like giving me a hard time like I guess like I need to be more cocky about myself you know have some more swagger so I just kind of threw that in his direction and he just kind of blew it up way out of proportion but i, I didn't think i said it that <laughs> yeah, that's, that's hilarious no that's like an absolute goal scorer's goal right there yeah. if i've ever heard of one yeah, um, he's getting lit up too after because like, as soon as, as, soon as I, 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 I think i jinxed myself by saying that too because i i think that's where i cooled off after that, after that <laughs> yeah a little bit but not not too much you still had like 40 goals or something so i mean not too bad at all yeah, so I mean, big, big offensive season, and you earned yourself a, a contract with Minnesota after that. So, um, did you did you reward yourself, make any big purchase to kind of treat yourself for that? Uh, to be honest with you, I haven't. No, I haven't done anything. I haven't bought anything. Just been uh, kind of saving it up. I I guess with the extended off season, kind of just had to, to to pay off. You know, my trainers pay pay for a lot more ice time. It was a lot more expensive with COVID and everything. So. Uh, just kind of been spending my money on that, I guess. So the reason I ask is our partners at Gavin Hockey Well Specialists believe that your goals matter. After hundreds of early morning practices and countless hours on the ice or in the gym, you truly earned your success and you deserve to enjoy it. For over 20 years, the team at Gavin has assisted professional hockey players with setting goals and more importantly, providing them with a game plan to achieve them. Whether it's a house, a car, a cottage, or even supporting your family, it's all within reach when you partner with a pro. And you can check them out at gavingroup.ca. Yeah, and as we kind of talked about earlier in the episode, G's in Iowa now um, and playing really well, like we said. So, G, what was the adjustment period like for you to kind of jump into pro hockey and now kind of be able to be an impact player there? Yeah, it was uh, it was tough at first, but, um, you know, the thing is, is like yeah, the practices here too are so intense that um, it, it feels kind of game-like, you know, in, in, in practice. So, you uh, that, that kind of that impact helped a lot kind of transition into games. And um, I think the biggest trans- like difference for me, I guess, compared to the OHL would be that you have to make your decisions a lot quicker. Like you got to know, you just got to know what you want to do with the puck, I guess, before, before you even get it. And that's, uh, I think that for me was the biggest, uh, like I- I'm still adjusting, you know what I mean? Like either you can always improve, always learn. So um, I think for me, that's, that's the biggest thing to work on. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, practices are pretty intense there. As we, as we know, last week you ran yourself into a post. So how was that? <laughs> yeah, a couple of stitches, but uh, it's all good. Bounced right off. Yeah, nothing that can't hurt you too much. I mean, you, you got uh, for the YouTube listeners and anyone who sees a clip today, G's rocking. He's missing his front tooth too. So just, just a warrior overall. Um, yeah. So was a high from Lenny too. Yeah. <laughs> um. How uh, how you doing though with um, living on your own? Like, I mean, I know you're pretty self sufficient and stuff. So, how's your cooking and all that going for yourself? Uh, I be honest with you. So, I got a roommate right now, uh, Derek Barabo. He's uh, one of one of our goalies here in Iowa. And uh, to be honest with you, with you, I thought I was a pretty good cook until I met him. I guess his uh, his parents own a bar and a restaurant, so he's been doing all the cooking for me, and I'm just kind of a housewife, I guess, around the house and do all the things <laughs> and and clean up after him so it's uh that's a good setup yeah can't can't complain too much about the free food ag yeah exactly um you got any funny stories from your first year here um on or off the ice do you want to share 
I heard it's a goon fest in Iowa. Like Rocky was saying, two fights a game. Yeah, yeah, a couple. <laughs> actually, yeah, there's quite a few fights a game. Uh, we got some. We got some guys that like to chalk them though. We got guys like uh, like Cody McLeod, who uh, you know aren't afraid to to drop the gloves at all. So it's. Uh, I think one of the the funniest stories. I think Rocky even said it already on the pod, but when Cramarosa, uh, the first game of the year, when he scored, like, on a breakaway, and then the next shift, like, or on his way back to celebrate, it kind of, like, seemed like he challenged the bench. I'm not sure if he did or not, but, like, the very next shift just drops the gloves and, like, absolutely hypes out a crowd, like, hypes up a crowd of, like, 4,000 people. Like, it was nuts. I've never seen, like, a, a, a shift like that before in my career. It's unreal. That's unreal. That's, that's big-time jam. And, I mean, you um... – you're a pretty tough kid. So, I mean, you're, you're probably doing too, pretty well there, but, and you got your brother there. I wanted to quickly mention your brother and the time that he, he ran your show. So yeah, uh, for, yeah I, I had to throw you under the bus a little bit. So we're asked his brother, what's your brother? Five, how tall? Uh, yeah. I, I want to say five, like, I don't know, five, 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 six. Yeah, his brother, and he's playing. He's playing in the OHL, and he's a great player too. So, and he's a truck. So, first, first time I think G. It was the first time you guys faced off. He just took G out. Absolute bulldog. Okay, he didn't take me out. <laughs> <laughs> it was like sneaky play. You know when like you you, you got you cross check down on like the uh, the back of someone's pants, and like you just absolutely like lose an edge or something like that. Well. uh, it's like our first shift up against each other. And of course that's what he does in the corner. Cause you know, he can't handle me just, you know, not as strong, not as big <laughs> little, bro- little brother. So uh, I really hope he's listening to this right now, uh, but no, he just, he, he takes me down. And then of course, Natalie Shaver takes a, like the perfect picture that just looks like he's absolutely crushing me in the corner. So he, uh, he had to put up, he put it up on uh, Instagram and Snapchat and everything that night. And it, blew up back in February so dude he, he put it all over and I remember Rask and and you never see a guy you never see guys like on their own team like cheer when their teammate gets hit he, G goes down there and our whole bunch is like giving stick taps for him it's hilarious our head coach lies but like actually like gave me shit when I got back to the bench he's like he's like you're gonna let that happen like seriously <laughs> yeah. you gotta stand up for yourself can't let him run your show that's hilarious yeah. man Oh, little family battles. I'm gonna need to see that picture. Maybe we we, we toss that one up. That's funny. Yeah, oh, a good pick. We can move into some fan questions here. Unless uh, you got anything more on this cards? No, I mean let her fly. Yeah. So first one, uh, everyone wants to know what stick you use and what specs. All right. Yeah. So I use the uh, FT3 uh, with an 80 flex uh, P28 curve. And, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it, but I cut it down pretty short though. So like, I want to say like I cut it down to like almost like an 85, 90 flex. Okay. Um, then, uh, someone asked, what's your favorite ice cream flavor? Oh, got a mint chip. Okay. That's a solid pick. Yeah. You don't approve. I approve. I approve. Okay. What's yours cards? I'm a cookie dough guy, but. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go wrong with like a two scooper, maybe like a, a mint chip on top with a cookie dough underneath and then get oh, the that's com- a gross combo. Like not good. <laughs> I don't know about that. Not, not, they don't even mix. Honestly, you just take the one and then the other one and you, yeah, fair enough. Actually, I have a question that came to mind um, for both of you guys. Do you like your ice cream in a, in a cone or in like a cup? Like when you get the bowl, I'm a oh. cone guy. You're a bowl guy, G? Definitely in a cup for sure. 
Yeah, yeah. same. I, the the cone's too messy. That's my thing. I, I don't like how it, yeah, it gets soggy too. But Yeah, and then it's leaking on your hands if you're walking in the sun or something. <laughs> you got to be precise with your timing and, and be uh, be elegant when you're using a cone. Yeah, yeah you're, you're as elegant as it gets, cards. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, G, you got any game day superstitions or rituals? Uh, not, I, I guess, a couple, yeah, I guess. I just like to get to the ring super early. I just kind of like taping, you know, my stick in the same spot every time. It's not really like a like a, a superstition or anything. It's just something I'll do before every game. Yeah. Uh, I do have to uh, put my left piece of equipment on first, though. Okay. So I guess the biggest thing. Tie my first left skate first, left knee pad, left shoulder pad, or left elbow pad. Yeah. Don't, yeah, don't That's ask That's a common left. one. I don't know why, though, but a lot of people do that. I go I go le- all left, too, before before. Is there, is there a reason or just for, to, for fun? I think I it's just, just habit. Just, I can't can't do it any other way. Mm-hmm. Yo, and G also like ruins his shin pads before the game. He's smacking his shin yeah. pad as hard as he can in the locker room. I'm like, G, you're gonna you're gonna break your shin pad, man. <laughs> we're just we're just making sure they work. Yeah, it's uh, man. Yeah, I don't know uh, what this answer is gonna be, but someone wants you to explain what your full nickname is. <laughs> is that's got to be Lenny Millsy or? That's gotta be Caddick who wants that. Yeah, I think it's Caddick. <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't even know how this started or how many like cards he started at all. So you might as well explain it. I was I, didn't, I don't know if I started at all, but I was definitely in the mix for a, a lot of it. So G is like infamous because he has so many nicknames, and um, I don't even know we why. Know, we know <laughs> piece them together and stuff, Ross. So. So let's just go through the list here. I mean, we got G. We can, Remember, so we one of them was Damien. We talked about that one. Yeah. yeah. So we got we got G. So Damien, Damien, the French spell, like the French way of saying it. So then we got yeah. Rooster for for Je Rooster, um, the Saint Laurent doll, um, the regular doll. Um, I feel like I'm missing some too for some reason. You're, but you're definitely missing a couple. I don't know, Dan. If, if if you were to ask Danny though, he'd give you the whole list. Yeah, he could give you every single nickname, but it was so funny. And um, you knew it got under my skin too. That's why you did it all the time. Oh, every yeah. well, the whole, once you freaked out the one time, and the, all the boys were like, "Okay, we got it. We got to keep bugging G about his nickname." Yeah. So then, so then Gator and uh, Danny started singing songs. Like uh, I don't even I didn't even remember what songs, but it was so funny, and it would just rile you up on the bus. Those three together, Kinger. Gator and Caddick were just oh who's, who's Gator for the listeners? J- Jacob Goldowski. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. He's classic. I'm real guy. I remember um the one time we were I don't even I don't think it was about the nicknames or anything, but uh G and Lenny had a little uh feud oh, going yeah. on. And um so so Lenny being like a younger guy on the squad was like at the front of the bus, like with us, like not the front, but like we had the O threes and the O2s and we were all like in an area and let and Lenny and G were like battling. So then G had like the 99s and the two thousands at the back. And then there was like the O ones in the middle with like, they didn't know which side to go to. <laughs> so then, then we ended up having an all out brawl on the bus. You remember that G? Yeah. I don't think I've ever had more fun than that group of guys. Like <laughs> <laughs> the, the stories from the ball, oh, just from the bus, man, like the bus trips were the most fun. 
it was wild because like it was so funny we had we'd like be planning attacks to go back and attack the older guys on the bus it was was almost like capture the flag with each other's phones too in the sense like (laughs) (laughs) it was like turf wars like guys were like trying to like steal each other's like chargers and stuff it was I've never seen anything like that before. It was not. Yeah, no, it, it was a good group, and it was all fun and games yeah. too. We we're all so tight. Oh yeah, yeah. that it, does like, sound good. It, it didn't matter either how like like if you say like you had like a, like something going on with someone like the one day you guys didn't like each other, you had your button heads. Like the next day, you guys were best friends again. It didn't matter. That's how close we were. And uh, I can't tell you how many how many fights we'd have in those uh, those mini stick tournaments. And oh, then, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, and then and then the next day would just you know everyone was fine just go back again yeah that's that's what you need in a good group and that's probably why you guys went on such a good run and i don't know what this is gonna be what's chalet 18 at the quebec peewee tournament oh god (laughs) oh god all right so uh i i was never i've never been a chalet 18 personally but it was uh when we were in minor hockey went to that peewee tournament in uh quebec city best tournament i've ever like been to growing up it was so much fun but we ended up getting billeted um by a, a bunch of families out in quebec and uh all the parents stayed uh, at mont saint town in a chalet and they named it i guess it was chalet 18 and it was just an absolute i guess booze fest for the parents oh yeah so uh, the the kids would get dropped off i guess at like 6 a.m or 7 a.m by the the billets that had to go to work and like the parents were still up drinking and having a time. So like, I guess all the guys like would go to shower 18 during the day and have, they know they just could do whatever they wanted because the parents were always in one. So uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, it's just been kind of like the ongoing joke for everyone on that team growing up where, you know, one day we'll have to get back to shower 18. Now that, you're, <laughs> now that you're old enough, you'll have to exactly, go back. Yeah, exactly. We got a couple more fan questions. So, uh, a couple of people want to know who's your celebrity crush. Celebrity crush. I mean, from like growing up, like I don't know. I guess watching like Disney Channel and stuff. I have to say Selena Gomez. Okay, so, same. Wiggly <laughs> place can't go wrong. Dude. Yeah. You don't have one now, right? Maybe like Sidney Crosby. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, one that uh, Cards and I had to answer a couple of weeks ago. Do you have a most embarrassing moment on the ice? Yeah, my uh, my family still makes fun of me to this day. But uh, so my first ever OHL, like uh, it was like a preseason game, and uh, I was supposed to like we, we set up whatever like we're about to play. We have team meetings. I never I didn't know about team meetings at the at the time, so uh, I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know you watch video before games. I'm coming straight from minor hockey. Uh, I missed the meetings, and then I get back in the room, and like Mitchell Stevens. Uh, pulls me to the side and he's like yeah like you're you're off the power play like you missed the meeting so I was like oh, okay so anyways that I'm off the power play all right I think that's it I'm still playing we uh someone takes a penalty on the other team we got a power play at the, at the start of the period I think I'm off of it well it turns out he just said that to scare me I was still off so Laz yells at me who's in charge of the power play as our assistant coach get the fuck out there and uh I I ended up jumping the boards. I fall, like straight <laughs> on. just like, and like everyone's looking at me. Like I'm the last guy to like join like that the face off. And like, anyways, my my family was in the town ta- in uh, in the crowd. My cousins were there, and they were just absolutely loving it. So <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, well, well, 
ask actually quick. I have a similar one to that with Laz too, because it was in preseason last year. G, you might not have been there. No, I don't think you were. Or yeah, it was preseason last year. Was that the, the showcase in Kitchener? No, it was it was in the Flint game. It when oh. we, we we were did the Flint games and we were in the uh, whatever the smaller rank in Flint or whatever. And we're we're there. We didn't do video before the game, so I'm like, oh, okay, like there's no video at this barn or something. I'm pretty sure. And um, so we're like, all right, whatever. So apparently they posted a bunch of uh, like power play breakouts and stuff. And like I was on power play one that night because all the big dogs were gone. So like I'm feeling like the man, whatever. And Rask, I'm sitting on the bench and I'm like, they're like, okay, power play one, you go. And, uh, and I'm like thinking like, where am I on the breakout? What am I doing on the breakout? I'm like, I, I go to ask Laz, I go, where, where am I going here on the breakout? He goes, what the F? What do you, what do you mean? Where are you going? It was right on the wall. You have to know this. Do you want to go on the ice or not? And I'm like, no, I'm like, yeah, I'll go. I'll, he goes, where are you going then? I'm like, I don't know then. I don't know. He's like, just go post up. <laughs> and I was, I was like, I was in my pants out there. It was, it was like, oh. I bought Wait. Yeah, that's, that's uh, that's, that's just too though. Yeah, no, all good yeah. fun too after the game. Love it. Yeah, he'll make he'll make fun of you afterwards, but mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I I got one more. Do is there any player in the OHL that you hated playing against? Uh that's actually that's a pretty good question. Uh I, I know a guy who hates playing against you. That's why I asked. I know, I know, I know there's a couple guys that I hate playing against. Me. I've, I've heard a couple of rumors from uh, Baber's always whispering in my ear all the guys that, that have my number. So, <laughs> Do you have anyone? Yeah. Uh, I mean, just from the top of my head, like I always, I always to be honest with you, hated playing Lorky. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, like Ryan O'Rourke, like I couldn't stand him just from playing that, like playing him that often. It's crazy now how we hang out every single day. Like, just playing on that same team now it's just crazy how like you know how small the, the hockey world is but uh yeah from the top of my head i think i'd have to pick him or your brother because he runs your show <laughs> yeah i think he, he beat me in one face off there too and like no one will ever let me forget it like, yeah you'll never live that way yeah. if, if like something happens or like we're working out or something and like my brother tries to trip me or something like that's the first thing he brings up well, yeah like yeah got that one face off yeah so he's got your number there and actually Rask and we were talking about how G's a Northern boy and G was like the king of the Northern boys in SAG because it was, it was weird. We actually, we had Dave Drinkle must have some gem of a scout up in the Northern Ontario because there was, there was a bunch of you guys and you were, you had your little Northern connection going. And um, I mean, when, when G goes and plays in Sudbury, you should see this Rask. Like there's, what do you think? Like, gee, like 200, 250, 250 people there watching you, maybe more. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm always pretty fortunate to have, you know, a lot of great friends and family that, that come out and support. So uh, yeah, it's always fun to be able to, to, to see them in the crowd when we come back to Sudbury. Yeah, it's wild. Like there's, there's more noise for Saginaw and for G than there is for the Wolves on that night. <laughs> yeah, that, that was nuts too, especially like last year, like, I think we ended up beating them like 10-8 or something like that. It was a wild game. And you just heard the like both crowds were like on both sides of like the ice were going nuts. Like it was it was a, it was a lot of fun that night for sure. That's pretty sick. I mean, uh as far as fan questions go, that's kinda all we got here. Cards, do you have anything to add? No, I mean just a pleasure to have G on. Um, well spoken. That a boy G. And uh I know uh we just wanted to mention for coming on. 
our presenting sponsors are going to hook you up with an axle watch. Um, great watches. We'll have you looking sharp going into your games and rocking it all summer. So, uh, if you send me your picks after we'll, uh, we'll get that shipped out to you and on the way. But, uh, other than that, for me, uh, that's all. And I just want to say, thanks. I really appreciate it guys. Thank you. All right. And thanks to Damien Giroux for that. And uh, I know we mentioned we're going to be sending him an Axel watch for the listeners who want to buy an Axel watch. You can check it out at axelwatch.com and for 15% off, use the code AX underscore showbound and you'll be looking just as good as G there. So check that out. And yeah, that was a great interview cards. what do you think of that one? Yeah, no, G's a great guy. And I, I forgot to mention it or I mean, um, didn't really come to mind during the interview, but uh, it was it was cool. Like G is such a great guy. And obviously you can tell by that interview, just like the type of person he is. And, uh, when I was mentioning that, uh, they had him lined up for captain and stuff, um, a while back, it was, it was evident because the day I got drafted to the OHL within probably 10 minutes of when I was picked, um, they actually, G had G called me and reached out. And, uh, I thought that was pretty cool. I was just a 15 year old kid and had no idea really about the OHL yet or anything like that or how it worked. And G kind of called me and talked to me for like five, 10 minutes. And he was just like, Hey man, like you're going to fit in great, like super happy to have you. So like just a really welcoming guy and just made me feel at home right away. So that was kind of my first taste of like getting to know G and uh it was definitely started off on the right foot and I I know a ton of people can attest to that that uh he's a great guy and works his ass off so I I won't be surprised to see him in the NHL within uh within a few years here yeah no I mean from the people who I've heard from and even I've seen him play a couple times now just from traveling with Barry and stuff like that but I mean he's a hard worker that's what I've heard that's what I've seen so one of the best uh qualities you can have in a player but um moving on I mean we're kind of towards the end. Is there anything really we want to talk about here? I know actually we, uh, we did get some free golf gear this week, courtesy of flight golf, who we're going to be working with down the road, but uh, I haven't uh, dropped it off for you, for you yet cards, but some of the, some, some of their stuff is legit. So we're going to be looking real nice on the golf course soon. Once, once Ontario gets their act together and opens up the courses. Yeah. Dougie, if you're hearing this, we got a few nice outfits that we got to try out. So, uh, give us the courses again so we can uh, rock our new flight gear and everyone definitely go give, give them a look for sure. Um, but I have some breaking news actually from, from our boy, Danny Caddick, the man who talked about us on his uh, CHL Memorial cup E cup run um, <laughs> super good friend of the podcast. And he gave confirmation on G's nickname. So I know we were talking about it a bit. And uh, G said to ask Danny, so I have it here now. He says, the St. Laurent Dalian Maurice Rocket Rooster Richard Giroux. So that, that's G's full nickname for anybody who's curious about that one. Um, a lot of backstory to a lot of those things, but uh, I mean, we can't get into it or we'll be here till tomorrow. So, but yeah. You gotta get the, that printed on a t-shirt with his smile with no front tooth and the stitches going down his eye. <laughs> Come on. Man, that's typical G. I know uh, I have a lot of battles with G in practice just because he's given her. And uh, yeah, that's that's why we were talking about. There's always fights in Saginaw just because all the boys are getting so uh, so gritty with each other. Yeah, no, you guys go hard. And um, yeah, I mean, that, that kind of wraps up. Anything you want to add here, Cards? No, not really, man. I mean, I think we kind of covered the bases. There's not a ton of news for us really to talk about ever. And Actually, you know what? One thing I do want to mention how good McDavid is at hockey. Oh my like, God. Yes. I was, 
I haven't watched a lot because they play at like 10. I go to bed pretty early or like, I'm just like watching prison break or something at night. And, um, Oh yeah. We got to talk about that after you say this, this guy is so good, man. Like just the stuff he was doing. Like I watched the first period the other night. Um, and he had two points and like back-to-back shifts and like dry sidle just passes it to him. He just wheels around everyone. Like, Oh my God, like this guy's on another level. And my take is he gets a hundred points. What do you think? I think he will, man. I mean, he's scoring like three points a game right now on the tail end. And you know what? He he might not admit it, but you know in his head he's like, I need to get 100 points. He's definitely pushing himself. Oh, so yeah. I think he's playing with that kind of attitude where he needs to get it. And I think Wayne Gretzky came out and said that he wouldn't be surprised at all if he did it. So pretty high uh, high praise from a guy like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just scored another ridiculous goal the other night. But we got to talk about prison break. I know it's been a couple of weeks since we mentioned What season are you on now? Uh, for maybe episode 15. So I'm pretty into it, man. You're way into it. It's sick, right? It's such a good series, man. Like I might have to rewatch it. I mean, now I have to spend all my time reading, so I probably can't, but, <laughs> but I mean, I'm, I'm fired up. You're getting into it. I can't believe you're so late to the party though. It's a pretty old series. No, man. Like I never even heard about it. And my brother's like, you got to watch this. I'm like, all right, I'll give it a try. And then sure enough, nasty show so engaged in it now and i guess we're giving out free ads now to netflix and pretty breaks <laughs> everyone <laughs> everyone showbound promo code on netflix.com no yeah, for 10 for, for off your first month um imagine that anyway yeah i mean cards you want to take it away with the usual outro here yeah i mean uh just appreciate all the support as we mentioned at the start of the podcast uh half a year uh, doing these episodes for you guys now and uh, we're not looking to stop anytime soon so as long as you guys keep giving us that support we're gonna keep uh, doing what we do and uh, give you guys a weekly boost uh, to your Wednesday and uh, just hope you guys enjoy this one and uh, have a great week we'll see you next time